0: You're listening to There's a Better Way, smart talk on healthcare and technology. If you're up for energizing and story-driven conversations with national healthcare leaders driving industry innovation across the country, then you are in the right place. My guest today has had a truly noteworthy career, beginning as a cashier at Walgreens, across the street from her high school, and rising through the ranks to become Vice President for Pharmacy Quality, Compliance, and Patient Safety at Walgreens. And over the past few years, she's overseen the national rollout of the COVID-19 vaccine in thousands of stores across the country. In response to this monumental task, Time named Walgreens one of the 100 most influential companies of 2022, noting that as of March, 2022, the company had administered 60 million COVID-19 vaccines and 26 million tests. I'm so excited to talk with Tasha Polster, a healthcare leader who is helping to reimagine how care can and should be delivered in this new normal. Hi, Tasha. I'm so happy to have you on the show today. Let's just get started with a little background on you. I think you grew up in Colorado, am I right? That's right. And thanks, Melanie. I'm so excited to be here. But yes, I did. I grew
1: up in Colorado, made my way to the Midwest through a course of multiple moves with my husband.
0: You want to talk a little bit about your career progression? I
1: started uh, working with Walgreens across the street from my high school. There was a store and I needed to have some spending money. And so I was in the 11th grade and I got a job as a front cashier and worked my way through the front of store and then finally made the decision. I wanted to go to pharmacy school and so worked back into the pharmacy as a technician and then got accepted into pharmacy school at University of Colorado Boulder. And after pharmacy school, we started the moving train. And so, through the course of multiple positions around the company, through field leadership, um, after I, you know, progressed through the pharmacist pharmacy manager role, I went into a field leadership role, and then ultimately ended up in the support center. In Deerfield, Illinois, which is just
0: outside of Chicago. So, Tasha, you talked about starting out as a firm assist. How did you get from firm assist to really leading in a pharmacy world? Well, that's a good question. So um, through the course of the travels
1: that my husband and I did through his work, and I sort of came along for the ride, right? Because we were both working for Walgreens. I ran a, a pharmacy uh, in Oklahoma City, and it was a brand new market. And we had zero stores in Oklahoma City at the time, and we were expanding very rapidly. And I was tasked with hiring and training all the pharmacists uh, for all the new stores that were opening. And I, as I grew into that role, and we got Oklahoma City up and running, it was very interesting to me to. To help more than just my store, I would get phone calls or ask for help um, in our um, in our community in Oklahoma City, and um, and I just I, I became the the go to leader um, because a I'd been with Walgreens a very long time at that time, and I was uh, one of the more experienced pharmacists in the market. But I you know I noticed that um, I could make a difference in bigger. On a bigger scale by not just being at one location. When I had an opportunity to lead my own district in when we moved to Kansas City, I jumped at that. It felt to me like becoming a leader and training and working with more pharmacists, recruiting at pharmacy schools, getting more involved in the industry was um, something that I truly loved and enjoyed. And really wanted to continue that. And then when I had an opportunity to work at the support center to um, put the practice of pharmacy uh, into policies, procedures, the way we do things at the store level, how we train, what we can do to make it easier for the employees, but do that on a national scale, that was something that was really exciting to me.
0: Now you're as VP of Pharmacy Quality Compliance and Patient Safety at Walgreens. You lead teams across the company and you've led what would be one of the biggest vaccine coordination campaigns in in history. Before we go to the vaccine, which I really wanna hear more about, but before we go there, let's just talk about the pandemic and how you as a patient, caregiver, and just an American citizen Have experienced the pandemic? I think this was
1: a shock for everybody. Fortunately, um, my daughter was out of college when all of this happened. So we weren't affected like most Americans that had young children and had to worry about homeschooling. But my family and my husband's family uh, live back in Colorado. And that was challenging for us, uh, to make sure that they were doing okay when there was nothing we could do to help them. We couldn't check on them, not that you know, anybody would, uh, could you know, have seen them anyway, but you know, that part was really hard. Um, and I'm sure many, many people face same types of challenges, just trying to figure out how are you going to manage working your own self, taking care of your own self, getting the needs that you need. And then you know, for your elderly parents that need help and you being so far away to be able to give that help, I thought that was personally very challenging for us.
0: Just thinking back, the, the team members and family members that friends I have who experienced the pandemic as working parents of young children, just an incredible challenges and heroics to make all of that, all of that happen and lots of stories and challenges to come as a result. My parents, too, are far away from me, and that was incredibly challenging just not seeing them for a number of years. Well, I think our listeners would also really value hearing your point of view as a pharmacist on the pandemic.
1: Well, I'll say that when I went into pharmacy, we were not doing immunizations of any kind. When H1N1 hit, I think we put Retail pharmacy immunizations on the map with H1N1. And COVID completely blew that out of the water. And I don't think America would be where it is today without retail pharmacy. Two-thirds of every vaccine that was given during this pandemic was out of a retail pharmacy outlet. And I think that without a retail pharmacy the public would not have been able to get their health care as easily as they have. You know, with through telehealth, you know, many of the physicians did prescriptions via video, but you can't necessarily do that for pharmacy. So throughout the p- pandemic, our pharmacies remained open um, and patients were able to get their prescriptions as well as their vaccine and get you know the access that they needed. Uh, to their medications. So I really think that retail pharmacy went above and beyond um, in this pandemic, but I, you know, I'm so proud of all the work that our team members have done, you know, from the front of store through, you know, all the people back in the pharmacy. It, It was truly a Herculean effort and it was, it was great.
0: Tasha, can you take me back to the beginning of the pandemic and let's just talk about Before the vaccines, what were the challenges experienced in retail pharmacy? And how did you respond? Is it okay to use the word
1: nightmare? Because that's what it was. It was terrible. It was absolutely terrible. Terrible for everybody. When we had to worry about all the personal protective gear for all of our employees and we couldn't get it when we couldn't get hand sanitizer, when we couldn't get, you know, wipes to Clorox wipes, you you know, you guys remember all of that. I mean, we all went through it. But when you have to be in a job where you have to be around people like that, it was really tough. And we still have this challenge today, as we manage through, um, you know, spikes of COVID in certain communities here and there, we have to Shut down the pharmacy potentially because we had, you know, close contacts and then we didn't have other employees that could come in and open the store the next day. And so, you know, there were many, many efforts that we had to do. And then the supply chain concerns and not being able to get the products that we needed just added to all of that complication. There were times where, you know, we could only keep the store open through the drive-through because we didn't have enough employees and so there were times where we would have runners back in the pharmacy to do their front of store shopping when the patient came through the drive-through to say, you know, I need body lotion or I need a shampoo or something like that and and in addition to my prescription and or or instead of a prescription I <laughs> you know, I had to do this. There were a lot of things that was good that came out of this was if you look at e-commerce now, you look at the platforms that organizations, you know, put and stood up and allowed for patients to do shopping and curbside pickup. Walgreens, uh, you know, was able to operationalize that and allow for people to shop, and then in-store employees could shop and put all their merchandise that they needed in a in a bag, and then when they got to the store. They could text or, you know, go through the app and one of the employees would run out their merchandise to them. You know, we were all just trying to do everything we could to take care of the patients as quickly as possible.
0: Wow. You know, there's so much innovation that occurred across the last two years and these stories just need to be told. You know, is there something we should, we can learn or that, that you learned that you would want to share with us about teamwork? about how you bring a team together to deal with these kinds of major crises? You know, I can really only speak
1: from a support center perspective because, you know, the folks in the store, they all would filter up information to us, but then we would work to operationalize or change what we thought was the right thing to do. And yet, we found out it maybe it didn't land very well at the store level, and so we had to, you know, make some pivots or moves on either policies or concerns, like, for example, when we first started doing immunizations, our pharmacists were scared to do immunizations because customers didn't want to wear face masks. And so we had to figure out a way to get our employees protected, we did face masks and then we required eye covering and we required face shields and we required that the patient had to wear a mask. But if they wouldn't wear a mask, then we wouldn't give them the vaccine. But getting back to the whole teamwork thing, the number of hours that employees put in to, for example, change our website, so that it would correspond with the jurisdiction or the state or whatever changed in the eligibility for the vaccine, we were you know on calls way into the wee hours of the night, making sure that IT had the right requirements. I mean, things would change on a dime. We would get a call from the CDC and say, "Oh, by the way, um, this is happening." And can you make that happen tomorrow? (laughs) And we would say, well, you know, it's kind of hard to get that done across 9,000 stores by tomorrow, but we would have to do that. And that's that's kind of what happened when the administration asked us to change to allow for only teachers to get vaccine. Um, It was very, very early in the pandemic, but, you know, we were working towards having, you know, the website available. And we had patients that were, you know, eligible from an age perspective, making appointments. And then the administration said, oh, you know what? We really want to make sure that our teachers are protected. So no vaccine for anybody, except for if you're a teacher. And that needs to happen tomorrow. And we were... That was a tough one, you know, because between communicating down to nine thousand stores, trying to figure out our i t making sure that you know patients were communicated to um, there was a there that was a that was a big spin, Melanie, I'll tell you that was probably one of the most challenging. there were lots there was lots of examples, but that one was was a big one,
0: amazing. I mean, right? There's the technology component of that and being able to define the requirements, implement the requirements, push it out to 9,000 stores. And then there's the people part of that and the change management that all happens overnight. That coordination and collaboration just must have been, I mean, it was clearly extraordinary. So Time named Walgreens, one of the 100 most influential companies of 2022. Noting that as of March 2022, you'd administered 60 million COVID-19 vaccines and 26 million tests. Such an unbelievably huge job. Let me just step back and you've talked a lot about some of the stories behind this, but how did Walgreens face this challenge?
1: I would say that we faced the challenge head on. Our employees were at the ready to stand up and help. When we were asked to vaccinate our most vulnerable population in the long-term care facilities, we were able to get volunteers to go into the long-term care facilities to help vaccinate those patients. We were able to operationalize and we worked very closely with the administration, very closely with the CDC and health departments to ensure that we transported the vaccine, which that's a whole nother part of the conversation that we probably should touch on because I don't think people understand what a challenge it was to deal with a product that had to be stored at an ultra cold temperature and then being able to transport the vaccine from one location to another and make sure that it was still viable. But you know, between working with the administration and, you know, it was, you know, it was absolutely a two-way street. They listened to our concerns. Uh, there were um, many, many partners across the industry on this. And and I think that's another thing that made the pandemic so interesting and um, and rewarding is that there were no lines that were drawn. Uh, during this. Everybody knew we were all in it together and it was going to take all of us to get out of it. And I think, you know, it didn't matter if, you know, you were a grocery store chain pharmacy, you were a small independent pharmacy, you were a big retail chain like Walgreens. We were all working together to figure out what to do and how
0: to help the patient's We have a valued behavior here at SureScripts called we win as one. And we think of that as how we collaborate across our own team. And what you just described is clearly we win as one across multiple teams, across multiple organizations and industries in America. And um, always something to learn from, from those things. And they're inspirational. So I'm going to stay on this topic a little bit longer. I often write about, with my own team, the topic of inspiration. I'm fascinated by how people are inspired, and I see lots of inspiration in the stories you've just told. With that in mind, can you talk about where inspiration came into play around responding to the pandemic?
1: Yeah, absolutely. That is a really great question. I, you know, I became inspired by our team members, honestly, the passion that they had for wanting to help, particularly in the places where we needed volunteers to go into long term care facilities in, back in the very, very early days when we were still trying to figure this out and everybody was willing to raise their hand to help. I thought that was just amazing. The other piece of the puzzle, particularly around underserved communities and pharmacy deserts or rural communities where there just wasn't a lot of easy, accessible healthcare for patients. Our pharmacists in the community really stepped up to help with vaccine hesitancy, for example, and talk to patients and answer their questions, as well as uh, we mobilized a bus to Drive the vaccine and the pharmacists to the, uh, underserved communities to help patients have easier access to get vaccines. And those were the kind of stories that really inspired me to, you know, just be so proud of the work that our um, employees did.
0: It makes me actually think about the role and value of the pharmacy and pharmacist in the future, because really. This past two years has uncovered a whole other set of things that were already starting to happen, but accelerated with the pandemic. And where do you see some of that taking us in the future for pharmacists? You know, I
1: think that's a great question. I mean, back when I went to school, I remember my law professor telling me, you know, hey, man, pharmacy is more than lick, stick, count, and pour, but that's all you guys are doing. And it really didn't dawn on me back there, you know, in that little... Young little twenty-year-old listening to that uh, professor standing up there and saying that. But if you think about how how pharmacy has changed with all the um, consultations and the MTMs that we do, and the medication reviews for patients that have you know chronic healthcare conditions, and now how that's evolved to COVID testing, and now. You know, we're going to get to the point where we can do test and treat. Um, we're piloting it in some states where we can test for flu and be able to give uh, a flu medication without a, a physician's prescription and, you know, being able, the pharmacist being able to write that prescription. We're doing that in some areas with HIV, testing for HIV uh, and then doing, they call it PEP and uh, PREP. Which is pre-exposure and post-exposure prophylactic medications for you know patients uh, following the HIV tests, and we're doing prescribing of birth control pills. Uh, we we have a pilot going on in Idaho for cash-paying patients where the pharmacist can prescribe birth control pills. So I think we're going to see a big change in pharmacy um, for some of these tests and treats because the number of physicians is getting smaller and smaller, and they just don't have the time to do all of this. And if retail pharmacy can help take some of that burden so they can focus on more complicated cases, that's going to be the answer for healthcare uh, going forward.
0: That makes a lot of sense to me. Now, what does that mean for technology and the technology required to support that kind of change? It's a
1: blessing and a curse. When it works great, everything is wonderful. And when it doesn't, then everybody is up in arms. I think that technology between access on a computer through telehealth, you know, let's say, for example, doing counseling, a video versus, you know, the patient having to come into the store, that's a big one. Being able to make appointments on your phone or on your browser. I think these past two years, We've all become very reliant on technology. So I, I think that everybody is going to continue to innovate and use technology and in that innovation to make things easier for patients and for employees.
0: So let's just talk a little bit. We've talked a lot about the, the pandemic. What can we do to be better prepared for the next one, the next wave, the next pandemic?
1: You know, we have learned a lot in this pandemic. I think keeping the lines of communication open, understanding that um, competition can be healthy, but in a pandemic, it can be a hindrance. And so one thing that this pandemic taught us, and I'm sure hoping that it is a lesson learned from uh, if we ever have to go through this again, is that we all need each other and we all need to work together in order to you know, uh, get the country healthy and keep it healthy.
0: We all need each other. That's Isn't that the truth? As a national leader in healthcare, having gone through this past two years and leading really an amazing, amazing effort, what keeps you up at night?
1: Honestly, the employment shortage everywhere is what is really weighing on me. You know, what could we be doing differently employees to want to either come back to the workforce, what could we do to entice those employees to come back to work, whether it's front of the store or in the pharmacy, getting back to the point where, you know, we have an abundance of employees, for lack of a better word, so that we can, you know, not have to emergency close a store if we can't staff it, or, Make sure that we have the number of people on the front end to be able to help patients, so there aren't long lines, um, even when you're going into the store to buy something that you know doesn't have to do with pharmacy. So I think that that is still probably one of the biggest things that is keeping me up at night is just what could we do differently to um, you know hire and recruit the great amazing people that are out there, uh, you know to help join our team because and the employment shortage is still very real, and, and it's real across the entire industry.
0: Absolutely. So what gets you up in the morning? What keeps you going? Where's the optimism? You know, just starting to be able to think of things besides COVID, honestly,
1: to get back to my day job and working through all of that. My job is, is really around risk. So, you know, people will probably think, Ugh, you know compliance and things like that. But I do enjoy working through different challenges of how can we operationalize uh, something changing in the industry in either our pharmacy system or through a policy and procedure. So, and also being able to have the office open again and see my employees in person. That is awesome. It's really nice to not have to be, uh, you know, 100% work from home anymore.
0: It is so nice. We are back as well and it's just so nice to see people and interact in the hallways and not just on a flat screen. So, where do you see the biggest opportunities for innovation in healthcare?
1: No, I think through technology, Melanie, we have to figure out a way to make it easy for the employees and easy for the patients. Anytime that there is a delay in getting a patient their medication, regardless of where it is if it's in the uh, initial processing of the prescription if it's a block because there needs to be a prior authorization if it's the last mile for example getting that patient their medication because they're not they don't have access or they can't get to the pharmacy because of you know whatever the reason is it's going to be through that process of being able to get the medication to the patient At the time that they need it to stay on that medication, so that they can stay healthy.
0: Absolutely, we spend every day here at SureScripts thinking about and trying to figure out how to continue to make things simpler. So, I love the concept of just easy for easy for patients, easy for employees, easy for prescribers and pharmacists. That's the only way to make it better for patients. So, are there any last? Thoughts you want to make sure you get in and leave our listeners with? You know, again, how proud I am at, of all of our
1: employees, the healthcare industry as a whole, um, the number of vaccines that we have administered. You know, I think we're, uh, you know, we're well over 60 million, uh, 29 million COVID tests. You know, I just think because of the strong foundation and experience that Walgreens has. Uh, being in business as long as we've had, um, it's really allowed us to get into the industry, help us be innovative, figure out how to tackle this problem and get America healthy again.
0: Thank you so much, Tasha, for spending time with us and sharing your experiences, both as a pharmacist and as a leader. I'd also like to thank you and Walgreens for the work you've done on behalf of all of us during this pandemic. You've really left me thinking about where we can find inspiration and innovation in challenging times. You shared how you had to innovate, pivot, and collaborate to simply keep stores open when workers fell sick, to roll out a vaccine nationwide, to deliver care for the most vulnerable, but that this work really couldn't have happened without partnership. If there is a silver lining to this pandemic, you found it. As you said, it didn't really matter if you were a small independent pharmacy, a grocery store pharmacy, or a major retail one. You were all in it together, partnering to save lives. The partnership you recounted across the industry and government to test and vaccinate, to do the right thing for patients is also truly inspirational. You rose to the occasion in the face of this pandemic and helped to positively expand and transform care delivery. I look forward to staying in touch and watching you forge what's next for pharmacists and the role of pharmacy. For those of you listening in, we hope you'll join us again. Upcoming episodes will focus on healthcare, IT, and Capitol Hill, equity and access, and what's next in the specialty space, a huge market that's ripe for innovation. Thank you for listening in today. If you've enjoyed this podcast, please rate, subscribe, and review. There's a better way. Smart Talk on Healthcare and Technology. With your help, we'll continue to bring great conversations to the fore and to the wider listening public. Thank you.